welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And you know what I'm going to say next. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place, especially if you're interested in social selling, social biz, and being social in the business world. The topic today, our buzz, the little engine that could. What could she mean by that? Well, let me tell you. On our recently, uh, our recent episode of this series, Social Selling with Game Changers, the last episode, we talked about how social selling is transforming the large enterprise. Big business, what I like to call the big behemoths. Well, let's look at the other end, not quite all the way down to the bottom, but the other end of the spectrum, what we'll call SMBs, the small and medium-sized businesses. Some people call them the SMEs, small and mid-sized enterprises. But for today's show, we'll call them SMBs. Found some interesting statistics on HubSpot. Back in 2014, they reported that SMBs contributed five and a half trillion, that's right, I said trillion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2013. And these SMBs are increasingly turning to social media. Why? Well, not just because it's fun, of course. They're businesses. They're marketing their products. They're marketing their services. They're learning about competitive trends. And maybe even most important of all, they are interacting with their customers and prospects. Very, very important. The statistics bear this out. Get ready. 94% of SMBs that adopted social media are using it for marketing. Okay, let's add on to that. 80% of SMBs are using social media to drive growth. That's a good thing. And here's maybe the most important of all. 61% of SMBs find that social media is useful in gaining new customers. It's a wow all the way around. Are you ready to learn how? I hope so, because we have a panel of three experts who are ready to share their knowledge, their insights, their expertise, their passion for the topic. First up, I'm very pleased to welcome back, he's getting to be a regular around here, Mario Martinez, Jr. of M3JR Growth Strategies, LLC. He's the founder and the Mr. Everything. And Mario has sent me a quote from somebody I've never heard of until Mario sent me the quote, Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. Let me just give you a little tiny bit of, not his background, he's a very interesting guy, but LeBron James, come on, you know who he is, credited Eric Thomas as part of his inspiration for winning the 2012 NBA championships. Does that tell you what the hip-hop preacher is doing? Eric Thomas does voiceovers on ESPN, advertising for Major League Baseball and National Football League. He appeared on Fox News to talk about his work and some of his sermons, that's right, I said he's a preacher, can be heard on the tracks when a fire starts to burn and the opening track of Deep House Producer's 2013 debut album, Settle. I'm sure in the hip-hop world that means a lot to all of you, but it's news to me. Here's the quote. Very important. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Mario Martinez, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you for asking, and thanks for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. And I can't believe we, you've never heard yes. of Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. 
I think I run in different circles, Mario. You and I are probably a couple <laughs> decades apart in age. <clears throat> Pardon the expression. And I'm, but I'm delighted. And, and you know, Mario, it's so uh, interesting to me when guests like you and our other guests, we've got a couple of other really great quotes today, send me their inspirational quotes, which of course you're going to relate to our business topic on the show today. I learn so much by looking up who the quote sources are. So thank you very much. Uh, this was a guy, Eric Thomas, who was homeless. He dropped out of high school. He was homeless on the streets of Detroit for two years. That's got to be a tough life, Mario. And then he met a preacher who inspired him to do something with his life. And he ended up getting a fellowship, attended Michigan State, has a master's degree in K-12 administration, and was an academic advisor to disadvantaged students at MSU. And he has his own ministry. Does it get any better than that, Mario? Seriously? I mean, it is a phenomenal story, no doubt, and it's actually um, one of the pieces of inspiration that I use when I do keynote um, events for the topic, Understanding Your Why, and uh, it actually, I've actually used Eric's uh, story, and he has a, if you haven't watched the video yet, uh, he has the famous story <clears throat> of about someone wanting to be successful and going to uh, the guru who had made all kinds of money, and I would highly encourage you to watch that video uh, I use that story in my own individual keynotes, um, uh, and I definitely give credit to Eric Thomas, but it, 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 it is definitely an inspiration, his story, um, one of challenge and one of courage, uh, and that can be overcome. And it's really applicable in the sales world because so many of our salespeople uh, don't make uh, their quota and they can't figure out why. Um, and so I tell sales folks, you got to keep at it and you got to understand your why, uh, and you got to tap into what is motivating you, and never give up. And Eric Thomas' story is, is a great example of that. Thank you, Mario. You know, there's a quote that's probably older than you are and, and uh, our other panelists all combined. It's a, it's a talk about, it's not a quote, it's a, it's a mantra. The fire in the belly, we used to call it. That passion, oh, yeah. that I want to succeed. And isn't that what he's really saying? When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, there's that fire, that passion. Those are the people who are going to get it done or they're going to have a hell of a good time trying. But question is... Uh, how much do you need to want to succeed on social selling? As, as I'm not trying to make it into an entity, but the exercise of adopting social selling. Do you need to say to your, your people, if you're in a small to mid-sized business, nobody's going home to sleep or nobody's putting their head down on the desk until we have figured out how to use LinkedIn. Our next panelist will love that one. LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, and we're going to master this, and nobody's going to sleep for the next three days. Is it that kind of a fire in the belly, or can they relax a little bit, Mario? <laughs> oh, God, please relax a little, <laughs> at least my opinion. Uh, but, but it is the fire in the belly that, you know, with, SM, with the SMB marketplace, uh, whether you are selling to the SMB marketplace or whether you are in the SMB marketplace as an SMB, uh, I think the key here is, is making sure that um, you understand that you never give up. Uh, and this is just a real quick story. And, you know, when I was applying to colleges, Bonnie, very few people know this, and this is why Eric Thomas' story resonates closely to home to me. Uh, I was uh, 18 years old and um, I, almost 18, actually, I was, uh, and I was applying for colleges. Uh, and I literally had $41 in my checking account to apply for colleges. And it was all or nothing. Uh, and you had mm. to put $40 per application in. And I had $41 and I applied to UC Berkeley uh, and I got in. Um, and so it was all or nothing. So it resonates closely to home, um, that, that particular story. 
because you have to be willing to go to at, at all costs to be able to get what you want to have accomplished uh, to make it happen, to make yourself successful. And that, that's really the crux of that particular story. Very, uh, it, it resonates closer to home to SMBs because there's so much competition out there, especially if you have a solution that is um, mirrored by a larger corporation. Um, you've got to be able to have that, that drive and that passion to succeed. So, and social selling is a toolkit, which will help you there. Thank you very much. Love the story. And now it's well, just just among us. You know, nobody else heard it, Mario. So your secret is safe. Love the story. Let's welcome <laughs> not only our next panelist and a many-time panelist here, but she is the sponsor of this series, Social Selling with Game Changers. It's Kirsten Boileau, Director of Digital Experience at SAP. And Kirsten has sent me a quote from the wonderful Jack Welsh. Those of you who don't remember, John Francis Jack Welsh Jr. was a retired American. Actually, uh, no, he's still alive actually. I was thought I was looking at his end date. Retired. Sorry, sorry, Jack. I hope you're having a good breakfast somewhere. Retired American business executive, author, chemical engineer, but most well-known because he was chairman and CEO of GE General Electric between 1981 and 2001. That's why I looked at the 2001. I said, oh, he's gone. No, he's not. Just not sitting in that chair. And during his tenure, GE's value rose 4,000%. I bet somebody had a fire in the belly. Kirsten sent me this quote, change before you have to. Kirsten, welcome back. How have you been? I have been great, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Delighted to hear your voice again. Tell me, are you a big fan of Jack Welsh? And how does this quote apply to our topic? I find him very interesting. He's got some really great insight, and uh, and the the quote really applies to to social selling because um, our buyer the buyer journey is changing. Everybody knows that. You know, there's statistics from Forrester that say that seventy percent of the buyer journey is complete before uh, a sales rep is ever involved, and I think that goes for no matter what buyer journey we're talking about. Um, and so when, we're t- when you think about it from an SMB standpoint, uh, you know, they need to, to, to change. They need to change the way that they try to engage their customers. Um, and, and right now, is, is, we're coming to the point where they're going to have to change. If they can get on ahead of that have-to point and change before they have to, they're going to be in the front runner for sure. Thank you very much. Any comments on the Eric Thomas hip-hop preacher quote anything you want to add to what mario said no i don't i hadn't heard that story before and so i'm, I'm intrigued i'm gonna look it up once we're we're done here yeah when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe you'll be successful uh l- let's relate that to what you do you uh you speak a lot about getting up up to speed and using linkedin as a business tool kirsten do you think it takes that kind of blood sweat and tears to do it or is it a little easier than that you know I, when it comes to social selling, um, people think it's as easy as just using a tool. And, and really, it's not. It, it, it is far more than, than just using a tool. And, and, I, and I'm talking about any tool. I'm not talking about LinkedIn Sales Navigator or Twitter or any tool. I'm just talking about the way that you think about how you engage with your customers, the way you present yourself, the way that you engage on social platforms with your customers. And... and um, even down to how you uh, you actually have those conversations, 
And I think if you want to, to make those changes, and you know, change is hard with, for people. Everybody um, finds it uncomfortable. And so if, when you want to make those changes in the way that you do business, as much as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. If you're not really willing to, um, to change the way that you interact with people and, and you know, change the habits of the way that you've always done business, then mm-hmm. uh, you may find yourself um, at a loss in the, in the near future. Thank you, Kirsten. Appreciate that. And excuse me, it's Tuesday morning. I'm still clearing my throat. Good morning, Bonnie. I'm going to introduce our third panelist. He is a newcomer to Game Changers Radio. We're very pleased to have him. It's Joao Branquinho. I think I got it right. And let me spell his name in case you want to look him up. Very interesting gentleman. J-O-A-O is Joao Branquinho, B-R-A-N-Q-U-I-N-H-O. He is SAP Marketing Vice President in Latin America and the Caribbean for Partner and SME. We're talking about small and medium-sized enterprises and digital, and he's based in Miami. Joao has sent me a quote from Milton Berle. Now, I can almost guarantee that Joao and Kirsten and Mario do not know who Milton Berle was. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Joao may be on the edge of that time period, but let me tell you all. He he uh, lived from 1908 to 2002, passed away at the age of 93. He was known as Uncle Milty. Milton Berle was an American comedian and actor, and he hosted NBC's Texaco Star Theater from 1948 to 55, meaning... Just about the time I was born, he was the first major American television star, and he was known as not only Uncle Milty, but Mr. Television during TV's golden age. Wow, does that bring back memories, because I remember him. I think he was, I'm trying to think, was it him or Arthur Godfrey? He or Arthur Godfrey who strummed the ukulele. It must have been Arthur Godfrey. Am I dating myself? Here's the quote Joel sent me. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. What an amazing quote. Joao Branquinho, welcome. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. And thanks also to Kirsten for the invitation. I'm feeling very good. Thank you. And I'm glad. I was also surprised. Yes. So when, I, when you asked me for a quote, I was wondering, okay, there are so many wonderful quotes. Uh, which one should I choose? And this one, I think it's a perfect match. Uh, when we speak about uh, social selling and all these new uh, digital op- opportunities, uh, I think that this quote is, is a very good one. It reflects uh, the attitude that we need to have. Um, we cannot wait for, for manuals. We cannot wait for guidelines. We just need to create our own opportunities. And that means that for the opportunity to knock, we need a door, so let's build it. Joao, that quote goes, I think, so well hand in hand. It matches up with Mario's quote from uh, the hip hop preacher. When you want, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, you'll be successful. And I think the answer to that success is if the door is not there, damn it, build it so opportunity can knock and just invite opportunity in. And also goes to Kirsten's quote. They really weave together beautifully. The quote from Jack Welsh. Uh, if you, what is this? If, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Change before you have to. I think they all go together very nicely. Joao, so pleased to have you on the show and tell me something uh you are sap marketing vp in latin america in the caribbean or the caribbean however you prefer for partner in sme marketing tell me something smbs small to medium-sized businesses are they growing are they thriving are they seeing a golden age to borrow that phrase from uncle milty's bio in latin america area they definitely are i mean of course they 
they go through a lot of challenges uh, with the current economic situation in, in some of the most important countries in Latin America. But these uh, challenges, they are opportunities. Um, and social selling can really help these companies to, to go beyond the traditional approach. It can help them to grow. It can help them to find opportunities where they were not aware that they existed. Uh, and due to their flexibility, uh, because small and medium companies, they're good, they're flexible. They, they know how to better leverage their resources. Um, they are, well, I would say, some of the best players in, in this game. And it's really interesting to see how they are taking advantage of these opportunities to, to find some, some growth spaces in Latin America, which sometimes is not the, the easiest thing to do, but they are very success, successful in doing it. Thank you, Joe. I have one more question for you. Social selling in Latin America and the Caribbean, do they have to do it in two languages or more? Because we think we're here. We're in the U.S. Predominant language is English. I think of LinkedIn as a tool I use in my native lang language of English. But when it comes to other areas of the world, uh, do the companies have to figure out, is, is, in other words, is all social selling going to be in whatever the language of that country is? Is it going to be in Spanish or any other language, Portuguese? Or is it going to be in English because global business has English and perhaps Spanish in common. Any thoughts on that? I, I, as I'm talking to you, I just realized that that was a curiosity for me. Any thoughts? Yeah, uh, when we, we speak about networking, uh, especially online, I think language is secondary, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. Nowadays, there are so many tools that can help us to communicate in the digital world. Uh, what we see is a huge growth uh, of... Um, of people on LinkedIn, for example, from Latin America. I mean, in, in a few months, it grew more than 4 million people. I think that we are mm. nowadays around 27, no, sorry, 33 million people on, uh, on LinkedIn from Latin America, which is a, a very impressive number. Um, so I do think that, of course, it happens mainly in, in the native language, um, but it's not limited only to that. Um, we have a lot of really good networking uh, in the different events that we promote and you hear a mix you hear a mix of English you hear a mix of Spanish Spanglish Portuguese Portuñol it's really not relevant the, the, the need to network when it's strong it will happen regardless of the language Thank you. Very thoughtful and very insightful. Mario or Kirsten, while we're on this interesting topic, I think it's interesting. Any comments, anything you want to add, Mario or Kirsten, about global social networking language-wise? Um, <clears throat> Mario here. Um, I, I cannot disagree with you, Al. Um, it's uh, the universal language uh, for sales is networking, and um, I, I, I cannot disagree. Okay, Kirsten, any thoughts on that? You talk to global audiences. Did that, did that ever come up before as far as the language of social selling in country and around the world? Yeah, it does. It does come up, um, particularly in some of our Asia-Pacific uh, countries um, where they, they speak a very limited amount of English. Um, and, and, but the only thing that I, I would, you know, I, I, think, I absolutely agree with, with Mario and Joao that it, it does... Um, Social kind of breaks down a lot of barriers, 
and there's translation services. There's so much available to us to make to break help us break down those barriers. I think that um, even as social matures even further, we'll see even fewer of those barriers um, and and more than more of them being broken down. Just because of the very nature of social, it's it's very um, it brings people together and and uh, and shows us um, how small our world really is. Thank you. While while you're all speaking, uh, Kirsten knows me. I Google everything. I I came up with some interesting. I look up social networking languages, and I came up with several sites that say social networking sites to help you learn a new language. But more interesting, here's one from the blog on OxfordDictionaries.com, how social media is changing language. The words used on social media are being adapted into language more broadly. Kirsten, this might be an interesting topic for a future show, is the language of social selling around the world. Just a thought. That is a really interesting topic, yeah. I think it's fascinating. We never thought of that before. So put that in your back pocket now. Barrio Martinez, CEO of M3, is it M3 Junior or M3JR? How do you pronounce your company name? M3 Junior. M3 Junior Growth Strategies, LLC. It is official. Mario Martinez, where are you calling from? What's in your cup today? And if you're not drinking anything interesting, what are you planning to drink later? (laughs) <laughs> so I'm calling from the wonderful San Francisco Bay Area. It has been pouring down rain. The grounds are oversaturated. We can't take the water anymore, uh, particularly because we've been in drought for the last, I don't know, mm. five years. Yep. Um, but the good news is, is we need it and it's here. But uh, it's actually bright and sunny today. Uh, it should be nice, about 70 degrees, so I can't complain about that. And I am actually drinking um, mint medley tea from uh, what's actually more special about this is it's that it's inside of a cup. And um, I didn't know this four years ago, but when I was going through a branding process uh, for a career branding process, um, the career branding firm actually sent me a coffee mug. And that coffee mug had my logo on it that I use now, along with um, uh, the name Mario Martinez Jr. on there. Sorry, Mario M. Martinez Jr. in in signification of, of M3 Jr., um, so that's where it comes from. The M3 Jr. is triple M plus the JR, Mario Michael Martinez Jr. And uh, I think there's a funny story behind this, Bonnie. Is it okay if I tell this quick funny story? Uh, sure, we'd love to hear it. Well, uh, other than the fact that I didn't know that I would be, uh, this, how significant this would be in terms of uh, um, me branching off into um, on my own as a solopreneur. But this, this cup actually has some significance. Um, there's a funny story. I, was, I recently just left post uh, at a SaaS company. Uh, as the vice president of sales, and inside that office, we had a we had a small problem, and the small problem was there was um, a handful or two of uh, people that constantly pulled out cups from the, our kitchen uh, and plates and forks, and they would use them and they would leave them around the office, growing hair on them uh, until somebody uh, in the office got tired of smelling mold and oh. would clean it up. It was the most disgusting thing ever, right? So, um, and we didn't have any maid service uh, inside our office. It was uh, self-service, as it should be. You use a dish, you clean it. So uh, it took me about a year. Uh, I kept sending out messages throughout the whole office. I I didn't know who exactly had done that. But it took me about a year to be able to keep sending messages out saying this is just unacceptable, not office etiquette, not even cool, right? I mean, it's like, come on, your mama's not here. (laughs) I'm not your daddy and I'm not your mama. So uh, in any case, one day... Somebody used my personal cup. Now, that wasn't that big of a deal because I didn't care. I left my cup in the, in the dishwasher or, on, on, sorry, on the dish rack, nice and clean. But what they left it was 
They left it with old coffee that started growing hair inside the cup when I finally oh. found it. <laughs> and uh, I almost popped the blood vessel. Not because it was my personal cup, because now that you, I didn't have a problem with you them using the personal cup, but it was my personal cup that you left with coffee in it that started growing hair inside of it that I had to clean. So, uh, in any case, uh, I, I popped the blood vessel and, and uh, told everybody if it happened one more time, I was pulling all the dishes out and locking them up and sending them back to corporate offices, <laughs> and we would go to paper-based cups. Um, that appeared to have stopped the problem because uh, nobody wanted to work, eat off of paper plates. And, oh, by the way, I said, and the paper plates will not be provided by the company. You will have to get them yourself. So Whoa. that's the problem. But that was my, that's my story of my M3 Junior Cup. And uh, this is uh, this is uh, what I'm drinking out of. And you're sticking to it, or as long as you're not sticking to the cup. Thank you very much, <laughs> exactly. Kirsten. I ha- I'm so sorry, Kirsten Boylo. Where are you in? Uh, are you in Canada today, and or where? And what are you drinking? I am in uh, rainy Waterloo, Ontario, Canada today. Um, it's kind of gray, but it's nice and warm. It's about 12 degrees Celsius, which I think translate to about 55 or so. Fahrenheit for you Americans. Um, and uh, I am drinking, well, right now I'm drinking um, lemon water. And I also have a cup of, uh, it's called a detox drink. It's um, half a lemon with a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar and a pinch of cayenne pepper in warm water. Oh, it has a taste. You know, it's an acquired taste, but I really like it now. <laughs> <laughs> that was said nice with answer. such t- tender loving care, yes, before she, we've already been grossed out by Mario's story and we don't want to be grossed out by yours. Thank you very much, Kristen. How long do you have to drink this detox mix? I drink it every morning, every day. And what is it? how does it make you feel? Is it good? Oh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've um, lost about 30 pounds over the last uh, six months. And yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, <laughs> I have to go look for the cayenne pepper after I get off the show. <laughs> I have I have a lot of pepper. And I think I have lemons here. What, and do you mix this yourself or is this a, a special recipe or do you buy it? No, I just I cut a lemon in half, squeeze it into the cup, put a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar and um, a pinch of cayenne pepper in just a cup of warm water. And warm water, okay. All right. I'm writing down the recipe now. Pardon me. Excuse me. <laughs> this is recipe, social selling with recipes here. Thank you very much. Joao Branquino, I think you're in Miami. We'd love to know what the weather report is. And tell me, what are you drinking or what's your favorite drink when you're not on the radio? Yeah, so yes, I'm uh, today out of Miami, which, as everybody knows, is the capital of Latin America, uh, <laughs> which is a great place to, to be and to live since, it's very close to U.S. since there's no English actually speaking here. So I was trying to recover my English after spending three years in Russia, and I found out that I'm improving my, my Spanish. Today we have, it's a little bit chilly here in Florida. It's 24 degrees uh, compared to <laughs> the usual temperature during the year. So 24 degrees centigrade. I think it's something like 76 Fahrenheit. And on my cup right now, just water. But uh, when the show is over, uh, definitely uh, one espresso, which depending ah. on the, the movement in my inbox, in my email inbox, <laughs> it could eventually be topped up with uh, red wine. Oh, <laughs> I like that. What kind of yeah. red wine? Any particular uh, f- uh, vintage or label? What are you drinking? 
Uh, nothing in particular. Uh, in this case, I have a Malbec here in the oh, I in, love Malbec in the in the office, just for special occasions. And <laughs> says he. Good. I'm I on the radio. Open the Malbec. <laughs> okay. <laughs> something that I learned during one of my business trips in Kazakhstan. Um, a story of uh, uh, an older lady that every day in the morning she had espresso topped up with red wine and she was wow. healthy and full of energy for her and she was 93 years old so I think it works so my recommendation es- is for everybody at least to try espresso one. topped off with red wine Kirsten when you're done with the de- detox espresso topped off with red wine by the way uh, Joao the temperature Celsius 24 you're exactly right it's 75.2 degrees Fahrenheit Kirsten okay. what was your your temperature there 12 12 uh, 53.6, in case you're wondering, I pulled up a converter. I, no, it's not all in my head. I pulled up a temperature converter there. Mario and I are probably still speaking the same language. Good opening segment, getting to know our panelists. We've got a great panel today. The topic is how social selling is changing the SMB, small to midsize or medium-sized business market. We're speaking today with MM3. That's Mario Michael Martinez, Jr., the Secrets Out, CEO and founder of M3 Junior Growth Strategies, LLC. We're speaking with Kirsten. Boyleau at SAP and Joao Branquinho at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and I'm drinking cool, clear water with a yellow straw because I'm tired of the rain here in New York, Mario, and we didn't have a drought, but it's been raining for two days enough already, so the yellow straw is in hopes we'll see some sunshine later today. Our topic today is the little engine that could, officially known as, how social selling is changing the SMB market. Great conversation so far. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app. That dial, you know the drill. 60 seconds, and we'll be back. Justin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social Selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to social selling with Game Changers. Indeed, and here we are. How social selling is changing the SMB market, coming to a market and a country near you. Panelists today are Mario M., stands for Michael Martinez Jr., Kirsten Boyleau, and Joao Branquinho. And we are going to start the roundtable officially with Mr. Martinez. And I'm looking at your notes. You sent me a lot of good stuff here, Mario. Let's get a little down and dirty here, going back to your coffee story. I'm still itching from your hair on the coffee <laughs> cup. I don't know. Oh, we just really please. 
Okay, here's Mario's advice. We're going to pick pick up this one point, and then we'll go around the table and see where it takes us. Mario says, and nobody, please don't, don't be shocked out there. He says, piss or get off the pot. We've heard that, but in the business application, it makes a lot of sense. Mario says, SMBs need to make choices, and they need to make choices fast. Likely you, I'm talking to you, the small and biz, medium-sized business, you are not the only game in town, and there is a larger choice out there, larger in quotes, meaning maybe many choices and or bigger companies. With this larger choice, without a doubt, they, the bigger company, are going to outspend you on your marketing, on your advertising, on your digital. So dollars and cents isn't going to cut it as far as a competitive tool. Mario, why don't you expand this for us? What do we need here? Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, Bonnie. Um, So, you know, I want to start out with talking about a quote that I, um, or a statistic that I recently just heard, and it was from We RSM in 2015, and it said that leads developed through employee social marketing convert seven times more frequently than other leads. Leads developed through employee social marketing convert seven times more frequently than other leads. And so uh, as an SM, uh, you know, the, the, if you're targeting small, medium-sized businesses or if, you're, if you are a, a, an SMB, um, you know, this particular saying, we've all heard it, piss or get off the pot. We, you don't have the time, in my opinion, to be sitting and waiting and wondering, well, should I follow? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? Uh, are others doing it and finding it success or not? The fact of the matter is, is that as an organization, you need to be engaging with social and you need to be understanding how to uh, use online networks to be able to reach your intended targeted audience and buyer. And I think there's a competitive advantage here for, um, the, uh, for the SMB segment uh, that you have likely, if you have any level of success in your company, you have likely mastered the art of uh, referral marketing, if you would. And I, I think about this in the old days when, when people started up their companies and, and or businesses, uh, they told Johnny, Johnny told Billy, Billy told Susie, and mm-hmm. then you had, you know, cut client after client after client. And that was definitely a, a, the old way of, of doing referral marketing, and it still works today. But through social networks, and this is where, you know, really I don't think small businesses understand this, through social network, you no longer have to sit down and think about, who do I know that knows Billy? Uh, or how do, I, how do I get to Billy uh, or Billy Bob's company, whatever the case might be? Um, you now have the ability to be able to view those types of um, relationships through online social networks. And so, you know, the messaging really is on the piss or get off the pot. It's it stop taking the time to try to figure out whether or not you should do it and absolutely figure out how you need to do it right. Uh, and that's really important from uh, being the master, um, uh, the success of social selling. And I, I just, my, my opinion is that you shouldn't, Wait, if you would, to determine if it's right for you. Uh, you need to basically piss or get off the pot. You get on it and, and make it happen because it, if there's any truth to some of these statistics regarding uh, leads that can be developed through employee social marketing and they convert seven times faster, like, my gosh, wh- why would you not walk down this path? Um, and and I, I go back on the path just that the one, one thing is for smaller organizations who are competing against the larger organizations, you're never going to outspend them. You're never out going to outsell them. But you sure in the heck in the local markets that you work in, you sure in the heck can out-social sell them. And I truly believe that uh, in terms of being able to have a market presence and being able to uh, leverage social uh, to get your message out 
and, and to have your hearers or listeners uh, hear what you're, what you're trying to say. Thank you, Mario. Love the enthusiasm. Kirsten, let's hear from you. Agree, disagree? Mario and I are always in sync on a lot of uh, things when it comes to social selling, and I would absolutely agree that it's it's not about um, whether or not uh, we should do social selling because I think our customers, honestly, have, have made that choice for us. Our customers are online. Our customers are searching social for uh, information. They're looking to, to engage with people and learn and be... Um, uh, and to be helped to to help solve their problems, not be sold to, and that's that's not new. I mean, that's not a, a way that um, that is new when it comes to sales. Is is it's about helping people buy and not trying to sell. Uh, but I think that the way that we go about it now over social is um, is new in a, in some case, in some sense. It, it, you know, it's a new way of thinking. At the same time, our customers are already there. They're ready and waiting for us to engage with them. They're ready and waiting for us to um, to bring value to the to the conversation. And so we have, to, you know, whether you're a large enterprise or a small enterprise or an entrepreneur, you have to be out there and, and engaging in that conversation because that's the way that people will will start to learn that you are a subject matter expert, that you are a thought leader in your area of expertise. And then we'll come to you when they are ready to, to solve a problem. Um, so I absolutely agree. You know, you, it's not, again, about whether or not you have to do it. It's whether figuring out how to do it the right way. Thank you very much, Joao Branquinho. Love to hear your thoughts. What do you see in the Latin American and Caribbean market here? Yeah, um, in, in that concern, I mean, it's not only, I think, Latin America and Caribbean. It's, uh, I think it's all over the world. When we, and I fully agree, of course, with both uh, Mario and Kirsten on this one. When we think about the way that people buy today, um, we need to understand that the, um, the buying cycle is different. Um, people go a lot uh, online. They, they search for the products. They search for uh, studies that can compare the, the product that they want to buy or the service that they want to buy. So when they actually get into a session with the sales team, more than 70% of the cycle is done. So they already have their shortlist. They already know a lot of information, sometimes even more than, than the sales guy. Um, mm-hmm. They are fully loaded with information that they, it will help them to decide. On top of that, thanks to the networking, it's very easy to ask your friends or, or your coworkers or people even from the other side of the world, what do they think about a specific product? And with all this information, I mean, if we are not there during this first phase, uh, when people are searching, if we cannot, if we do not have the opportunity to talk to them, to influence them in the direction that we want them to choose, which is at least to consider uh, our company as a potential uh, supplier for the service or product that they want to buy, of course we are missing uh, a big opportunity. And like uh, like Kirsten said, it's not only to engage in these specific um, situations. More than that, it's to be a thought leader, to be seen and to, to be known as an expert in the area that you manage. And here, social selling has a very critical role. Thank you very much. I'm going to turn this back over to Mario M. Martinez, Jr. Mario, any closing thoughts on this topic before we move on? <laughs> I love the Mario M. Martinez, Jr. It just sounds so 
formal. <laughs> and so... Sounds so M3. Uh, it sounds so 3M, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds so 3M. That's right. Well, or M3. How about that? That, that 3M is probably trademark. M3. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, M3. Um, yeah. We're friends. It's I, okay. I, I love the I love the um, the fact that we all as panelists agree on this particular topic, and and many probably out there are, are thinking, well, geez, you've got you know three um, folks that are in marketing and social selling. Of course, they're going to say this because this is you know what they're advocating. Um, but you know, really, the uh, uh, the honest truth is, is I, I just if you think about it, if you are a, a small business owner uh, and or a medium sized company, um, think about what you do on your daily uh, on a daily basis, and <clears throat> that is. Uh, every day, you, you probably plug your phone in on a charger next to you on your nightstand, or at least more than 50% of the world's population uh, probably does that, uh, who has a cell phone. And you, when you wake up in the morning, you probably check your cell phone. And when you're going to uh, work, you probably check your cell phone. When you're going to the bathroom, you probably check your cell phone. And what are you looking at? You're looking at social networks. And so I, I just really encourage um, uh, business owners to think about how you interact with social, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, and what you do on a daily basis, and then ask yourself, why would it be different than how my customers interact with social networks? Mm-hmm. And if, if the answer to that is, is it wouldn't be, which it should be, <laughs> that should be the answer, then that's when you need to start thinking about how to, how to implement some of these changes. And there are definitely fast tracks to being able to help you become more socially active uh, as a small, medium-sized business. You've got apps out there like Buffer or Everyone Social that can really help you streamline getting your message out and communicating uh, with content um, to the right targeted audiences. So uh, just something to think about, Bonnie. So that's, I'll close on that, on that topic, piss or get off the pot uh, on, <laughs> with uh, that particular statement. <laughs> and I didn't say that to you, M3. That's now, exactly right. <laughs> Kir- Kir- Kirsten Boyle, we love to hear you talk. Kirsten Boyle, I'm looking at your notes. Here's an interesting comment. We've covered a, a lot already, but here's something interesting. You say many companies at the SMB level, small to mid-sized, medium-sized businesses, are struggling with digital transformation. And that's something, Kirsten, we talk about on so many of our Game Changer shows on so many of our series. You say very few SMBs have a full strategy in place, and more important, even fewer understand what that strategy needs to encompass. Let me add in one more note here, Chris, and then you can uh, tell us what this all, how this all comes together. You say leaders in the SMB, in the company, will set the tone for how the rest of the organization builds their digital strategy when it comes to Da, 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 social selling. Kirsten, talk to me. How does this all fit together? We don't usually hear digital transformation and social selling in the same sentence. At least I haven't yet. So how do we put these together? Well, of course, digital transformation is a much broader topic. It, it's, uh, but it, it all fits into that same um, way of changing the way we're doing business. We're, I mean, social selling is, uh, is, is about changing the habits that we've built over years and years of social or, or of sales activity, you know, always picking up the phone, doing all those cold calling, sending out those, you know, and then more recently we were talking about, you know, email after email after email blast, um, sending out cold emails, even if they're, <clears throat> you know, person to person instead of an email blast, uh, the, you know, changing the, the mindset around that is, is essentially a digital transformation within the, the culture of your employees. And that has to come from leadership. It really, really does. Um, it, and, I, and I think I've said this before, maybe not on this show, but if you don't have the, the commitment from the leadership 
to make the change and, and, and see that commitment lived out in the way that they do business, that they are active on the social networks, that they um, engage in conversation, that they spend time on building their digital personas, um, that, that their employees are not going to care either. If, if they don't care, then their employees don't care because there's no reason to. Um, they can try and build it from the ground up, but it's a lot of hard work to, to try and um, get that commitment and get people to care if their manager doesn't care. And so that, that leadership uh, component is very, very important for that overall transformation of how we do business. And digital transformation, again, it's, it's that much broader topic, but social selling fits in very, very well under that overall digital transformation. And that leadership component is, is critical to making sure that the reps decide, okay, instead of picking up the phone today, I'm going to spend 30 minutes um, looking at, uh, you know, the, pro, the LinkedIn profiles of the people I have meetings with today and, and find those things that I need to know about them so that I can have a much richer conversation with them and perhaps um, accelerate the deal that I want to, to um, procure here and, and make it move faster down the pipeline. You know, that all of those things come into play. Thank you very much, Kirsten. Let's go to Joao Branquinho. Joao, thoughts on what Kirsten just started for us, please. Yeah, this is, I would say, part of my life currently, in my current role. Um, <laughs> digital transformation is, uh, is here. Um, it's not a matter of should we do it or not. It, it's going to happen, and everybody will need to, to jump into that world. Uh, I can tell, for example, that within uh, SAP Latin America, 75% of the business opportunities that we generate come from pool marketing, meaning that people that come to us. So we see a lot of chat. We see a lot of web forms being filled. More and more, the buying habits, they're changing. So people do like to buy differently. People do like to get... Uh, access to, um, to, to the providers of these services in, in a different way. Uh, Kirsten touched a, a very important uh, topic. Whenever we have some, uh, some, uh, some meeting or some, uh, some other appointment with someone or we're going to exchange some, some emails, there are already several tools that immediately uh, will pull the information from social media and will immediately give us more details about who this person is. And this is uh, a huge value added that we can get out from, from the social networks. Um, and it all is part of the digital transformation. I could not uh, see how SMBs can leverage the opportunities, can do business without jumping into the digital transformation. And once again, digital transformation, like, like Kirsten said very well, it's a very broad area. We don't need... To, to cover everything in a short period of time. We can define steps. We can start with one area uh, and then slowly move into, into other steps when the previous ones are solid and in place. Uh, and once again, I see here that this is a great opportunity for SMEs because they are flexible. Uh, they have the capacity to quickly adapt. So I do believe that digital transformation is a critical topic and either you're, you're in or you're out sooner or later. We have so many cases of companies, and big ones even, I'm not even speaking about the small ones because sadly uh, they are not so recognized, um, that just did vanished from the markets because they did not adapt, they did not change, they did not move into this new direction. Change Thank now you very much. You have to. 
Yeah, very, very interesting, very compelling. Uh, and I think we're going back to what Mario said a few minutes ago, piss or get off the pot. As you said, uh, Joao, you're either here or you're not. Yes, very interesting. Mario, love to get just very briefly from you because I want to move on to another topic from Joao when we're done with this. Mario, thoughts? Yeah, no, I like this uh, topic that uh, Kirsten has brought up on the digital transformation starts from the top, really, from leadership. Um, there is a, 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 it reminded me as soon as she started talking of a um, study that was, or an article that was published by the social CEO from Weber Shandwick. Uh, and the um, quote says, 80% of employees say they would rather work for a social CEO. Mm-hmm. And two out of three customers say that their perception of the CEO impacts the perception of the company. And so if you think about that, <clears throat> Um, the, in, in terms of transforming your company into a socially enabled organization, it has to start from the top, uh, and it has to be the CEO. And that, you know, just plain old leadership rules. People follow people. You walk in, you're bummed out about not making sales and or not growing the business and or stressed out uh, about how you're going to solve this problem, that problem, or this problem. Guess what? Everybody on your, in your company, especially as a small business, a medium business enterprise, uh, they're going to follow suit. They're going to be stressed out. They're going to be worried. They're going to be concerned. And you come in with a positive attitude, they have a positive attitude. So same thing. So if you, if you are socially engaged, they will be socially engaged and they will follow you and they will want to participate. And, you know, onto some of the different tools that can help quickly enable this, I, there's a particular tool that I have just started using over the last month or so, and it's from Owler, O-W-L-E-R, Owler.com. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal free tool for um, businesses, whether you're small, medium, or large. Phenomenal. It delivers insights that you, um, in one collective place, uh, about every partner that you may deal with, every customer, every uh, thing about your industry, uh, competitors, and that's the key one for, for socially engaged small businesses. You want to understand what is happening with the competition, and that w- the tools like that will deliver it to you real time every morning right into your newsfeed without you having to go search for it. Phenomenal tool. And that's a, it's a very quick way for you to get the competitive edge um, as a social uh, part of your digital transformation. Thank you, Mario. Good ref- recommendation there. I'm going to tweet that. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Let's see if they're listening, Mario. Let's see if Owler.com <laughs> is listening. I'll try and find a hashtag. There's a hashtag for that. I want to turn... Um, Kirsten, I'll give you one sentence to wrap up this part. I really want to get something in here. Are you good with what we just discussed, Kirsten? Because I want to bring up one topic from Joao's list. Yeah, no, I think this is absolutely um, a critical piece of of how any business does uh, does digital uh, and social selling. You know, leadership commitment is is key to to success. Thank you. Joao, I want to pick up on one thing here. We're almost at our predictions round. We're actually there, but this is important. I'd like for you to comment, and then we'll go back to predictions with Mario very quickly. Uh, Joao said in his notes to me, SMBs versus large enterprises in social selling. Does it take a big team to master, master social selling? No. Does it take dedication and digital knowledge? I call it digital savvy. Yes. SMBs in many areas are considered to be more flexible than large enterprises. It's easier for them to implement change as long as it doesn't have a big cost impact. Joao, you want to tell us a little bit about this and then we'll go to our predictions? Yeah, I think that uh, we we were mentioning this during the, the previous um, comments uh, somehow. We, we understand that we do not need to have a big team. I mean, sometimes it's a one-person team in most SMEs. And it's usually uh, either someone that was fully empowered by by the leader of the or the responsible of the uh, the company, 
or someone that is an early adopter and it uh, started by, by himself or herself to, to explore a little bit of social networks, started to have a few successes, and suddenly, wow, it's part of the strategy of the company. Um, so it really it takes someone savvy in the digital world, someone that is curious, that wants to explore, someone that is willing to understand who are the customers, where they are, who is the buyer persona profile, basically. Where are the customers, who they are, where they are, what do they talk about, uh, to whom do they listen, and to what kind of uh, content do they interact with. If a company, regardless of the size, understands the buyer persona profile, this company has a green field to explore because it will be successful, I'm pretty sure. Thank you very much. I'm pretty sure. I think you're more than pretty sure. I think you're very sure because of what we've been talking about. Thank you, Mario M. Martinez, Jr., M3. I got to stop calling you 3M. M3, I can give you, oh, uh, less than one minute for predictions. So you know I love the year 2020 just because it sounds so good, a.k.a. Barbara Wawa, Barbara Walters, 2020. But, Mario, you might see a different time in the future. What will change about this conversation, how social selling is changing the SMB market? I'll give you 45 seconds. Please contain yourself. Mario Martinez. 40, 45 seconds. I'll contain myself to that. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we, the, the buzz term is social selling, digital selling, right? It, 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 this will no longer be in 2020 be called social selling. It'll just be called selling, period. Uh, and it'll be the way that we sell. And the, the next wave of, of uh, selling uh, and the next feature set will be how people engage with you digitally speaking and the ways that you can reach them in a digital fashion. Um, that will be different than in social networks, social media. You, I heard of a customer that is actually using text uh, to um, uh, engage with their clients. A little bit too much, but guess what? Soon enough, you'll be walking past a Rite Aid or walking past a Radio Shack. Uh, just like when I did at, uh, in Korea, I walked past, past a Starbucks and up popped up on my on uh, on the phone of the of the host I was with uh, was a Starbucks coupon. It knew exactly where she was at and exactly where where um, uh, what she had purchased before. And so I think that's going to be a, also a wave of the future. That uh, depending on what you do on your device, depending on what you do um, uh, on the internet, it is going to start serving you up information real time right there and available where you're at so that you can engage with a potential uh, a client and or, uh, in this case, consumer to buyer. So, um, Thank you, Mario. Mario, Mario, we're out of time. Mario, got to give it yeah, to Kirsten. Right. Kirsten, I'm sorry, dear. 30 seconds. Kirsten, predictions go real fast. I agree with Mario. Social selling will no longer be called social selling. It will just be the way we sell. We will finally come around to the idea that uh, our customers are already there and we need to be there too. Oh, okay. Brief and to the point. Appreciated. And Joao Branquinho, love to get your predictions. How far in the future can you look for us? Well, I see the the full deployment of the Internet of Things. I think that uh, today we start to see Internet of Things coming quickly. And everything that will happen in terms of the selling cycle, it's going to be fully dependent on it. So... Selling is going to be different, it's going to be better, it's going to be more personalized, it's going to be more focused in the consumer. 
Thank you very much, all three of you. Great conversation. Very appreciative of your time and your efforts. Mario M. Martinez, Jr., Kirsten Boileau, Joao Branquinho. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And let's see what's coming up in one hour. Yes, one hour from now, I will be back here on the Business Channel with an interesting conversation on our series called Financial Excellence with Game Change. You don't want to miss it. If you're here, just go away, do something for an hour and come back. All kinds of interesting conversation about the finance team and how they, you know, they need to get out of the green eye shades in the basement looking at spreadsheets and become stewards of the business and help drive the business and take better charge in the C-suite. So we'll be back. And I want to just say thank you to Justin, our engineer, and all the people who tweeted, Joao and Kirsten. You tweet while you talk. I love that. Mario, you probably did a couple too. I'm trying to keep up here with everything. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.